G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. All their generations, these laws, standards that God had said were absolutely essential. Now the Gentiles are coming in, so it's a natural assumption on their part that they have to obey the law of Moses. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. The law is holy and perfect. God is holy and perfect, but we are not. We learned in our last program that the purpose of the law was to reveal to us just how sinful we are. We also discovered that the only remedy for our sin is Jesus, our Messiah. We can see clearly how God built his relationship and expectations with his Jewish children what about his Gentile children? It's one of those things. It's very t- easy to look in the Bible, look at the law, and see the relationship, at least, that the, the Jewish people have with the law. And you can understand why God gave them the law. I mean, they'd been 400 years in slavery in Egypt, and they were so influenced by paganism that God needed to get them, one, out of that environment to show them how sinful they were by telling him what his laws and statutes were. And basically they had to unlearn everything and then relearn mm. from scratch. And then it made them a separate and distinct people because you don't know how sinful you are until you're confronted with how sinful you are, until you've got to be able to see it. So God gave them the law after their rescue and then had to educate them about who he was and how holy he was and how unholy they were. You know, things are very different uh, today, of course. Jewish people have suffered an awful lot. And, you know, as far as the temple being destroyed, they cannot fulfill so much of the law. So we've also learned how um, with all of the eternal covenants, all of the eternal um, celebrations like their feasts and and a lot of their ceremonies, Sabbath and um, circumcision, these are things that are eternal to them throughout their generations. We've learned all of that. We learned that the Mosaic covenant, which was the rituals, the sacrifices, that was conditional and it's now been done away with. It's been abolished because it was all fulfilled through Jesus. And mm. and the, the fact is, is that without a temple, they cannot fulfill those um, sacrificial obligations. So they've kind of converted Judaism into a very works-based religious system because they genuinely want to obey God. It's just that they can't without a temple. So they've come up with their own system to try to bridge that gap a little bit. The thing is, the moral, ethical, social laws and expectations still remain. People don't like to think that. We Gentiles, but it's true. If you read Matthew 5 and 6, which is the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus hammers home and this is all about the condition of the Mm, heart. That's right. Well, really, he takes the law and adds huge multiplication factor on, doesn't he? He talks about our condition of our heart rather than just what we do and don't do. He actually tightens up the law. Mm. We think that the Sermon on the Mount is very gentle Jesus, meek and mild, but he actually shows us that we have no hope of ever attaining Mm. to what God's standards are. I mean, you know, he said, you shall not murder. That didn't change. But he said, I tell you, 
that if you just hate within your heart, you're guilty of murder and mm. you go, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. You've just taken that up like 150%. Yeah. He says, you've heard it said you're not allowed to commit adultery, but I say you only have to look with lust and you are guilty. Mm. And so he's taken the law and he's like multiplied it megafold. And you, you kind of left scratching your head going, well, there's absolutely no way mm. that I could possibly ever attain what he's saying. And he is, that's exactly yep, correct. Exactly. That's what he wants. Yeah. See, the law was to talk about behavior. The law was to reveal sinful behavior. But Jesus comes and says, all sinful behavior comes from the condition of your heart. Mm. That's what he wants to get a hold of. To reiterate the question then, what's the purpose of the law if that's the situation we find ourselves in? What's the the purpose of the law being given at all? Yeah. Again, there's this paradigm that Gentile believers have that the Old Testament is done away with, not so. That's why we've we've really gone into detail about the different covenants, different standards, different feasts, and how most of them are eternal and ongoing. But the New Testament is not a new book. It's not a new religion or new system. It's the completion. It's the fulfillment. It's the, the that last portion to bring the whole. Mm. You know, the whole. We talk about the whole counsel of God, and there was this incredible challenge in the New Testament church. Like, if you read in uh, Acts chapter fifteen, you find out that there were a lot of Pharisees who believed in Jesus, and they had become a part of the church. And then they started getting reports about the Gentile believers coming in. Now. All their generations, these laws, standards that God had said were absolutely essential. Now the Gentiles are coming in, so it's a natural assumption on their part. These The Pharisees were like the teachers of the law. They knew the law inside mm. out. And suddenly the Gentiles coming in, they go, right, this is fantastic. Now they just have to get circumcised. They just have to watch their dietary laws and they have to obey yep. the law Follow of Moses. X, Y, Z. Exactly. And so there was this tension in the church and, and this struggle. So that's when... Some of the apostles came in because they thought this is this is ridiculous. We, we this is we're just going to keep fighting backwards and mm. forwards. So they came in and they had this council meeting, and that's when some of the um, these uh, apostles, Peter and Paul and Barnabas, was with them, uh, and Silas, I believe, and they started to share again the testimonies about how the 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 Holy Spirit was being poured out upon the Gentiles. That they were hearing the gospel, they were responding by faith. And then they were coming to faith, they were believing in Jesus, and the Holy Spirit was being poured out upon them in exactly the same way that he had on all of the Jewish believers. Mm. Remember about the first decade of the, the early church from Pentecost, the entire church was Jewish. And so it, it was normal for them to just continue in what they already knew. Remember, the temple was still standing. Mm. And so they just continued on. Then the Gentiles are wanting to come in. Well, the, the most of the, the Jewish leadership didn't want the Gentiles to get into error. They wanted them to be properly saved, but they didn't understand that salvation had been paid for. This was not about conduct or behavior or outward signs. Salvation is by faith. Mm. And so you have this council meeting, Acts chapter 15, these, suddenly the religious leaders are kind of going, they're, they're, conf, they're conflicted. 
It's like if you know something is true, absolutely true, and then somebody comes along and says, no, you don't need to worry about that anymore. It's not very easy to let mm. that go. Oh, for sure. Sometimes I think those the religious leaders that Paul got so cranky with and call them the Judaizers, you know, Paul was very cranky with them. I kind of sympathize with them for a little <laughs> bit. They'd had, you know, hundreds of years of, of teaching about how they had to be. And it was very hard for them to sort mm. of move out of that. And so after this, the council uh, meeting that they had, they came to this conclusion that, okay, they didn't have to have an outward sign in their body of the covenant, which was circumcision. Okay, they don't need that anymore. And they didn't have to have, um, you know, maintaining of the Sabbath. They didn't need that. Obviously, the Holy Spirit was being poured out and God was accepting them just as they are. I mean, how do you turn the entire world into the Jewish state? Mm. Well, you, you can't. That was an expectation that God didn't have. But at the time, the religious leaders didn't understand that. So then they come to the okay, no Sabbath. You didn't need to worry about that. But there was so much more in that. But we read those first little bits in usually in Acts 15 and we go, yeah, beauty. We don't have to get caught yeah. under all of that. But actually, that's not the case. We're going to look at that a little bit more and look at the actual details because there were some there were so many conditions that were not put on the Gentiles, but then there actually were conditions that mm. were put on them. We pretend, but we don't read it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we'll look at it next time. Well, it's worth exploring, and we will do that as we round out this study on the purpose of the law. We'll explore that next time on Foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.